Praise God. Praise God. Praise God. Hallelujah. Praise God. So I was saying that salvation is at different levels. Salvation is at different levels. So the, the, the being saved, you know, from seeing, you know, being translated from the kingdom of darkness to light is one level. And that's where we start from. That's where we start from. But then as a son, remember I told us Jesus is our prototype. Is our prototype. And so if we want to learn deeply, excuse me, about sonship, then you have to look at Jesus. You have to look at Jesus. Now let's look at him. We're still going to look at him deeply. You know, but I've been sharing in bits. But I want to show something uh, for, for to buttress this song that I just we just sang now that we just heard, you know, about heaven and earth. They said, uh, marching into our community to perpetuate the life, the glory, the power of God. Healing is at different level. There's healing of the body. There's healing of a community. There's healing of a nation. When God said, "Acts of me, the nations," what do we think He was talking about? Can we see the way God is thinking when he's thinking about sons? So there are children. There are those who are seeking for daily bread. See, let me tell you something. That prayer, that prayer, our father who art in heaven, you know, I know I've been talking about that a lot. He says, uh, uh, thy kingdom come, thy will be done as it is in heaven. The next prayer is give us this day our daily bread. I know that we have been taught that that talks about the physical bread, about food, about raiment. Jesus said the Gentiles seek these things and they have it without him. So should we compare ourselves with the Gentiles? That daily bread is beyond your, more, your three square meals a day. He's, that's why he said, give us this day our daily bread. And that prayer came right after he talked about thy kingdom come. What he's saying there is, give us the resource sufficient per day to execute your agenda. So it's loaded than just bread. See, God knows. He says, your heavenly father knows that you have need of these things my husband loves to use an analogy and i want to use it again we have three wonderful children he always says and usually we say this to our children too that imagine if as a father your child has to be telling you every day daddy don't forget to uh, eat breakfast in the morning no daddy don't forget to uh, lunch in the afternoon daddy don't forget to don't forget to give me dinner daddy don't forget to imagine if your child has to be asking you for that that's even food abi talk about school fees that your child is the one that has to be telling you mommy daddy my school fees so my school fees so but even before the child thinks of resuming school you as a parent you have factored it in your thoughts. You have already started planning and programming your mind on how to ensure that that provision is made available. It's talk, it's, that is what we call you are thinking ahead. That is what we call uh, uh, when you, are, you anticipate the need ever before the need arises. It's the same with God. It's not when the need 
arises that God is running helter-skelter. He is not an irresponsible father. And so he's saying in that scripture where he says the Gentiles are seeking these things, you don't have to be seeking them. He said, because I'm a responsible father, I've made provision for those things. But he now says, you seek my kingdom. Seek my agenda as a son. So as God is committed, hear this, hear me well. God is so committed to ensuring that you are sorted uh, to the extent to which you are committed to running his agenda as a son. Did you hear what I just said? So there, there are two levels. That son or that child that is just about give me, give me, give me, meet my need, meet my need. And doesn't know what the father is doing. Isn't concerned about the father's agenda. Isn't, doesn't know what territory we are taking tomorrow. Doesn't know what the father is doing or what he's, what is happening. He's just concerned about himself and my own needs and sort me out, the prodigal son. That's one level. You can interact with him at that level. But there's also the level of those who say, Dad, what are we doing? What is your agenda this year? What is on your mind? What is my assignment? What is allotted to me? What have I been graced to do? Where are we going? What territory are we taking for you? When you begin to think like that as a son, it is, it is mandatory of a necessity that God will sort you out in every other thing. Think about expatriates who come into our country, to Nigeria and other countries to work. Or ambassadors. Just think about them. When they are sent, when they are sent into this community, they are not sent there without full backing. No. No. Because the day you got born again, you were translated into the kingdom of God. And so you become an ambassador on earth to execute his agenda. It's like a, you have been co-opted into an army of people. And the agenda is establish my kingdom. That's why I said it's beyond making heaven. That's why I said it doesn't stop at being born again. Being born again is the introduction, is the initiation. But the moment you come in, guys, there's work to be done. There's work to be done. We've got a whole lot of territory to take for Christ. And we start with our Jerusalem. That's the beautiful thing. So when Pimo is talking about, oh, we're taking territories, well, I'm, not even, I'm not even saying start thinking about the nations and all of that. I'm even saying start from your Jerusalem. That's what I'm saying. Start from your Jerusalem. And then to Samaria. And then to Judea. And then to the uttermost part of the earth. The responsibility of sons. How do sons think? How do sons think? I want to show us something. I want to show us something. Just follow me. Oh, I hope you've been enjoying this Bible study and you have been, you know, sharing the good news with people because we are interacting with light. And honestly, I have been so blessed. I have been so blessed, super blessed, you know, even though, you know, I have been the channel through which God has been sharing this. But honestly, I have been so blessed. 
I just want to share with us, you know, what happened to Jesus after he was confirmed the son at Jordan. After he was confirmed as son in, at, at the Jordan. And you see, I was sharing with us yesterday that when he was age 12, he couldn't have, uh, the father couldn't have sent him into that assignment because there had to be a process of growth. And that's what I'm saying, that becoming a son is a process. But you have to submit. The Bible says, and Jesus submitted himself to his parents. He went home and submitted. The word I'm taking out there is submit. You have to submit to process. That God will use you is a given. But then there is a how he's going to use you. There is a how he's going to position you. And you need to have a level of stature, capacity, you need to have a measure of capacity to be able to handle what God wants to do. Because we now see with Jesus at age 30, after the father now said, one of the revelations we came to yesterday was that at age 12, Jesus was the one that was saying, my father's business. But at age 30 at Jordan, God himself was the one that declared him my son. So I said, there's a level where you are still the one saying, God is my father. God is my father. Awesome. You start out that level. But at some level, God himself will have to confirm that this is my beloved son. He did that with Jesus. And so Jesus, at age 30, after the father had confirmed that, you know what the Bible says? Now he had increased. Because when you now read, in, let me quickly read that. Luke chapter chapter 2, after the whole episode with Jesus, the Bible now says in verse, Luke chapter 2, verse 51, after the whole business of, should I not be about my father's business? The Bible says, then he went down with them and came to Nazareth and was subject to them. That is, he submitted himself to them. But his mother kept all these things in her heart. Then verse 52. And Jesus increased. Can we see that now? Can we see that now? In wisdom and stature and in favor with God and man. So there is, sonship is increased in stature. Is increased in wisdom. Is increased in favor with God and man. Because you need that increase. There is a level. There is a measure. There is a capacity required for God to commit some great assignments into your hand. But that is where, that's the playing field we should be. That is where we should be. We shouldn't stay. We shouldn't be content with being just uh, 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 children. We should aspire to perspire. <laughs> Remember that funny joke. We should aspire to get to the place of sonship. We should aspire to want to be that son that the father, oh, would think of. I mean, think about it, guys. That God is in heaven and he's thinking of an assignment. Something he wants to do. Can he think of you? Will he call your name? Will he consider you? Will he say, ah, I have a daughter, Buki, in Abba. I think, yes, Buki, Buki, in Abba. Or no, ah, 
I have a daughter in Abuja. Her name is Inkechi. Inkechi, Inkechi. Yes, she's graced with. Will God think of you? Will God think of you? Increase in stature. Increase in wisdom. Increase in favor with God and with man. But you know, for you to understand how God works, God doesn't come to you. Now, I need you to, don't miss me here. God doesn't come to you at the point where you have become a son to now say, this is your assignment. No. Because someone is thinking and saying, ha, Pimo, me, I'm just beginning this journey. I'm not even there yet. I, does that mean God cannot use me? No. God will come. This is how God works. He will come to you when you are still in your formative stage. Where you are just starting. Just like he did with David. Just like he did with Moses. Just like he did with Joseph. Just like he did with Jesus. He will introduce you into what he wants to do. Where he's taking you. He begins to give you a glimpse. So as to create a burning desire in your heart. That is like an invitation. It's like a pool. And then you begin the journey with him. And as you begin that journey with him, like we see with Joseph, we see with Moses, we see with David, you are increasing until you get to that point where you now have the capacity to manage God's resource. Where you now have the capacity to function as a son. That's why we are studying the making of sons. It's a making. It's a process. You don't arrive there overnight. You don't become born again today and you are there overnight. And it's being a son like I established about eldership is also not about length of years. It's about how much you have exercised yourself with the use of the word of God. That is paramount. Two things. If you are ever going to take anything from this series. Is that in becoming a son, two major important things. The word and the spirit. The word and the spirit. And they are the two that bear witness. <laughs> the word and the spirit. You have to be a believer that knows the word. Gone were those days where you don't know the word. Where you only carry your Bible and dust it on Sunday mornings. Gone were those days when all you read are devotionals that somebody else has written. Is it bad? No. The devotionals are good as you are starting out. But what they are supposed to do is to begin to ignite something in you to push you to study further. You can't stay at the level of devotionals and say, oh, don't dust it today. Let's get on with the day. No. A song is constant. Constantly being inhabited by God. I mean, you are constantly conscious of the God factor in you. Ah, somebody is speaking my language there. Becky. I get really excited when I think about these things. Pimo, are you there yet? I'm not even there yet. But I'm excited because I know I'm on this journey. I know I'm on this journey. The Bible says, Jesus, Jesus, increased. So who are you? Not to increase in stature. Not to increase in wisdom. 
not to increase in favor with God. There is a required stature. At age 12, he didn't have that stature. He didn't forget it. Yes, he was sitting with the elders. He was asking them questions. They were amazed. But there is a required stature. Stature needed to interact with what God is doing. There is a required stature. Glory to God. And I tell you, when you begin to operate at that level, it's sweet. Because your needs are met. Your needs are not on the front burner. Sin is not on the front burner. They are taken care of. God is a responsible father. He's a responsible father. He's a responsible father. Oh, did Jesus ever lack anything? I told you Jesus is our prototype. Did he lack anything while he was on the father's assignment? Everything he needed, even before he showed up, God provided it. I'm telling you, Jesus is our prototype. And that's why that scripture, as simple as it sounds, is the totality of all I'm saying. Seek ye first. Seek ye first. It's amazing how we've turned Christianity to, to, to God becoming like a Father Christmas. Like that is all it is about this, our Christianity. God is just always dashing us, giving us, blessing us, dashing us, giving us, giving us car, giving us house. Is that all that God is about? Is that all the agenda on God's mind? No, you must be kidding me. That cannot be. There has to be more. There has to be more. Glory to God. There has to be more. We're talking kingdom here. We're talking taking territories here. We're talking executing the judgment of God. We're talking executing the rulership, lordship, dominion of God. On earth, not in heaven. On earth. Heaven is fine. Heaven is perfect. Genesis 1. From Genesis 1, heaven has been perfect. The Bible says God created the heavens and the earth. And the next verse says the earth was without void. Heaven was fine. And heaven is still fine. But earth is where God needs the manifestation of sons. It's like there is a deficit of sons. And that's why I am doing this. That's why you are hearing this. If you are hearing me today, it is not a coincidence. If you have been following me on this series, it is not a coincidence. You did not happen on this earth by mistake. Your reason for being on this earth is not to marry, have a wonderful husband, have good children, send them to perfect schools, awesome schools, pay for everything, travel around the world, make plenty money, and then die. Come on. That's not living. Jesus Christ said, in the volume of books, it is written, I have come to do your will. That is how sons talk. That is how sons talk. You say, Lord, what is written of me? In the volume of books, show me what is written of me. I didn't show up on earth just to have a good life. When the Bible talks about abundant life, do we think it's just about length of days? Or do we think it's just about good life? No, that abundant life is called the God kind of life. What do you do with the God kind of life? Make plenty of money in your account? Is that all we do with the God kind of life? Come on, people. Jesus walked on this earth 
for 33 and a half years. He effectively was in ministry for about three and a half years. Until today, thousands of years after, we haven't recovered from it. So what are you telling me? He just showed us a glimpse. He came down on earth. That was the agenda of God. That he will come in flesh to show us that it is possible to have God in flesh. I told you two days ago, I said that's what the devil is fighting. That's what the devil is fighting. That's what we call antichrist. That God cannot be made manifest in the flesh. But Jesus showed us that God can reside in human flesh. That God can walk through your hands. Hey, we had so many of them. You talk about Catherine Kuhlman. You talk about uh, uh, all, these, all these men of faith that they were doing healing. That was the era. But today, we're talking about influencing technology, influencing politics, influencing policies, influencing education, influencing entertainment. That is the area that needs healing. I'm not saying that we will stop physical healing. We will keep doing that. If there are sick people, we will heal them. But I'm saying that sickness is beyond just physical sickness. Our world, social media, needs healing. It needs a, an interjection of the light of God. People need to see and know that we serve a living God. And you know, I'm, well, I need to really say this. And when we say, uh, so that people will not say, where is my God? We are talking about, you know, having, having, having material things. Like I said, that's the only way to demonstrate God. That's the only way to demonstrate the power of God. To demonstrate the life of God is much more than that. And God is calling for sons. God is calling for sons. So after Jesus had grown in stature and grown in wisdom and grown in favor, the Bible says he submitted himself. And for 18 years, we had nothing. But I dare say to you that, oh, he was building capacity. Because if not, what happened afterwards? He wouldn't have survived it. And what was that? He went to the Jordan. The father confirmed and the Bible says he was led by the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted. If that had happened at age 12, Jesus would not have survived it. And when he faced the devil, the only thing that he used to silence the devil was the written word. So at what point did Jesus know that word? Can we see what he was doing for the 18 years? He was silent. Oh, can we see what he was doing? He was what? He was chewing on the word. The Bible now tells us later, as his custom was, as his custom was, he was going into the temple, as his custom was. Like I said, it's not like today that you have Bible, you have resources. Too much overload of resources. YouTube, internet, everywhere. This is what I'm doing now. Eh? And how many of us are on this call? Can we guys see how we've been so distracted by the devil. Jesus was chewing on the word. That was what he used to silence the devil. It wasn't the prayer and fasting. Trust me. The prayer and fasting was for him. The prayer and fasting, when you pray and fast, is for you. But what he used to defeat the devil was what was written. And if he did not know what was written, he wouldn't have been able to say what was written. Because there's no Bible. He didn't, it wasn't when the devil came. He now said, eh, what did he say? Now open Bible. Eh, no, he had it in him. He had it in his spirit. It was right there in the inside of him.
and he defeated the devil. Then this is where I'm going. Ah, I told you people, 30 minutes is not enough for me again. God will help me. <laughs> 30 minutes is not enough again. Oh, God help me. Oh, praise God. The Bible now says that afterwards, he came to Nazareth. That's Luke 4. He came to Nazareth where he had been brought up. And as his custom was, he went into the synagogue and he began to, to stood up to read. And he was handed the book of the prophet Isaiah. And when he had opened the book, he found the place it was written. Can you see how scripture is interpreting scripture? Remember that place in Psalm that he said, In the volume of books it is written of me. I have come to do your will. Jesus on that day collected the book and he found the place. So there was a place of searching. Now for him to have found the place, Jesus had been interacting with the scriptures. He had been interacting with the scriptures. He had, I'm telling you. So he found the place. So there's a process of searching. So it's not that day you carry your Bible, you just see that place. It is as you are interacting with the scriptures through the Holy Spirit. Because the Holy Spirit is the one that can make the letter become life. Or else you will just be reading letter and there's no life. So when you allow the Holy Spirit breathe upon the scripture as you read it, he gives you illumination. Do you understand that now? Do you understand that now? And so Jesus found the place. He had been searching. He had been studying. He had been sitting with the word. That's how you find the place. Even Jesus had to find the place. I pray that you will find the place. I pray that in your searching you will find the place. In the volume of books it is written concerning you. There is something written concerning you in the book. You have a word there. Your assignment is here. Your purpose is here. Your purpose is here. Your agenda on earth is here. As you search, you will find it. That's what Jesus did. The Bible says, and he found. So he was searching. And I don't think the search started that day. So as you commit yourself to studying, as you commit yourself to increasing in stature, increasing in wisdom, increasing in knowledge, I pray in the name of Jesus that you will find that place. The Bible says, and he found the place where it was written. He says, the spirit of the Lord is upon me. Remember at this point, the, the, the evidence of knowing that this is the son of God. That God gave John, John the Baptist. He said the one to whom you see the spirit descend upon. And remain. That is the person. So one of the evidence. One of the confirmation of sonship. Is that the spirit of God descends and rests upon you. Resides on you. Like my husband will say. Some people is descending and going. Descending and going. But for Jesus, he resided. He, the Bible says, oh, the, the one with whom you see the spirit descends and stays. So you are, like Funto said, you are not a visitor to the secret place. You are a dweller. He that dwells. God is not visiting you. He resides in you. Remember what he said to his disciples in John. He said, I am my father. who make our home, our abode in you, God. That is so powerful. 
I pray that the Lord will make his abode in me. I pray that the Lord will make his abode in you. I pray that he will find room in you. Because you are ready to create room for him to give expression. God wants to express himself. He's looking for vessels. He's looking for, for, for vessels through whom he will give expression. Such that the world would wonder and they will say, Kai, can we find such a man? Like they said concerning Joseph. Can we find such a man in whom the spirit of the Lord resides in him? That's what they said concerning Joseph. And remember, Joseph was not in front of Pharaoh speaking in tongues. Though. Joseph was not in front of Pharaoh uh, 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 scabashing. You know. He had scabashed if he was scabashing in those days anyway. But when he stood before Pharaoh, he was giving solutions. That's what sons do. Hey, I will get there. He says, the spirit of the Lord is upon me. Now we understand where this is coming from. We understand this, the spirit of the Lord is upon me. We now know what came before that. I've shown us Jesus, age 12, increased, was led by the spirit. He went to Jordan, father confirmed, went to the wilderness. The devil came, combated the devil with the word. Now he came to the temple, found the place that was written concerning him, and he began to declare it over himself. He says, the spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me. To preach the gospel to the poor. Can you see what sons do? He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted. Now let's not just read this at first level. It's deeper than this. It's deeper than what we see here. It says to proclaim liberty to the captives. Many are in captivity. Relationship captivity. So some of you, your assignment is in the area of marriages. For some of you, your assignment is in the area of women in business. God is waiting on you. You are meant to deliver, proclaim liberty. People are captive to their money. They are captive to, 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 to sin. Captive to all manner of sexual vices. It says proclaim liberty to the captives. The recovery of sight to the blind. This is not just physically blind. We are talking about people who are blind. Blind, they can't even see what is happening. Their spiritual eyes blind. They can't even see that God is doing something. They can't see beyond their noses. He says to set at liberty those who are oppressed. Hey, in Nigeria, there's oppression. Oh, there's oppression. To proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord. The Bible says he closed the book and he gave it back to the attendants and sat down and he looked at them. They were looking at him. He looked at them because their eyes, they were hoping. And I'm praying that the same for you. Those that you are sent to, when they fix their eyes on you, you will not shake because you have the stature to deliver. Glory to God. You know what Jesus said? I love that. And we're going to wrap, up, wrap it up there. He said, today. What gave Jesus the boldness to say that? He said, today, today, this scripture is fulfilled in your hearing. Now, let me borrow... A phrase my pastor always says. My pastor says, when the script meets the creature, it becomes scripture. <laughs> when the script of your life meets you, the creature. Oh, scripture is enacted. Do you guys know the scripture can preach a gospel to you? Read it in Galatians. The Bible says, and the scripture preached to Abraham. So the scripture is beyond this letter we read here. 
The scripture is when the script of your life collides with you. Oh, you become the living scripture. Hallelujah. You become the living scripture. Jesus said confidently, today, as I'm standing right here, this scripture is fulfilled. Why? Oh, because I've gone through process. Why? Because I have the stature. I have the capacity. Why? Because the spirit of the Lord is upon me. He resides in me. I'm a carrier of God. Oh, I'm an executor of the will of God. In the name of Jesus. In my area of dominion, in my sphere of influence, I execute the rulership of God. I bring about the domain of God in my environment. In the name of Jesus. I'm a God carrier. Hey, God is pleased to dwell in me bodily. In the name of Jesus. We didn't even get into where I wanted to get to today. But like I said, out of 28 days, we've done 4 days. We still have another 24 more days. And we will take it one day at a time. I've already gone beyond the time I planned to today. But I'm sure it was worth it. I'm sure it was worth it. You are, yes, Becky, you are a living scripture. When the script meets with the creature, you become a living. The scripture comes alive. The scripture comes alive. It comes alive. Living scripture. That's who you are. In the name of Jesus. Glory to God. What a joy. What a joy to just sit around the word of God. And just enjoy the word of God. I pray that your thirsty soul will be met. With the water of the word. Your thirsty soul will be quenched by the water of the word in the name of Jesus. Guys, let's go for the word. Let's go after the word. Let's seek knowledge according to the word. Let's ask for illumination. Let's ask for help. We have to be deliberate. It's not something that will happen uh, uh, casually. No. Growth sometimes is painful. Growth most times, it's not, it doesn't just happen. You have to make it happen. You have to be deliberate. You have to be conscious. Like I said, growth is about what you eat. You have to be conscious of what you're eating, what you're taking in. You have to be deliberate about it. Because honestly, sonship is not for everyone. It's for those who are ready. Who are ready and who are saying, Lord, I'm ready. Once again, I pose this question to you, like I said earlier on. If God were to think of someone for an assignment, would he think of you? Would he think of me? Would he consider you? Would he say that you have or that you would create room or that you, 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 you will be able to give expression to that assignment? God is looking for people. As you, plenty of people are looking for him. He is searching to and fro. And I pray that he will find you in the name of of Jesus. Thank you so much. Yes, thank you Becky for joining. Thank you so much for joining tonight. I don't know what happened to yesterday's video. I think it was at the point of me trying to to do all those um clip shots from it. I don't know. I just mistakenly trimmed the whole thing and so we have just about 1 minute plus of yesterday's video. But it's all well and good. It's fine. Um 